Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello and welcome to the Glojo podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and today I am so excited to introduce you to my guest of honor. I must say, one of my favorite things about hosting this show is that I get to have conversations with some of my favorite people and people who have really impacted my life, and I get to share their genius, their wisdom, and their magic with you. So today I am interviewing the wonderful Carrie Samuels. Carrie is someone I was introduced to professionally five or six years ago. She has been a personal mentor and guide of mine, and I'm just so grateful to have this wise woman in my life. She is an intuitive counselor and a happiness coach, and her goal is to assist you in aligning with your soul's purpose. And she helps clear away any beliefs that are limiting you so you can truly love your life from the inside out. Carrie believes that it is our life purpose to be happy and to thrive. And she shares simple yet powerful tools to really help people thrive, especially empaths. So if you are an empath, if you are a highly sensitive person, I think this episode is going to make you feel seen and it's going to make you feel not alone. Hopefully like you have found your tribe. If you're unsure of if you're an empath or not, I think there's a lot of valuable information shared in today's conversation to help you learn more about empaths. I personally believe the word empath is thrown around a lot these days. In some ways, it's good that it's becoming more mainstream and something that is more widely talked about and accepted. But on the flip side, I think oftentimes people confuse what being an empath is with having empathy or being empathetic with someone. They are different. In today's episode, we talk about what empaths are and we talk about some of the signs that you're an empath. I'll share a sneak peek with you. Empaths are great bullshit detectors. That's right. Built-in BS detectors. Watch out. Here we come. Carrie and I also talk about the importance of boundaries, including both energetic and physical. We talk about energy vampires. We also talk about the classic narcissist empath relationship and the beautiful lessons that are available to us empaths when we find ourselves in relationships like this. We also talk about the importance of being grounded and Carrie shares tips on how to stay grounded and in our bodies. We talk about that a lot today. And if you're not sure what that means, you will find out. Towards the end of the interview, Carrie shares what it's like to be married to a fellow empath and sensitive soul. And I absolutely loved hearing about this because her and I have been friends for a long time and I've met her husband, I guess it's been once Um, And they just seemed like such a great fit. And then I've often wondered, though, what would it be like to be with someone who is just so highly attuned and would it and sensitive? Would it be too much? But turns out it's actually a really, really good thing. (laughs) Ha ha. 
I'm going to share one more thing super quick, and then let's let the interview begin. On May 16th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, Carrie is hosting a free, powerful healing event called Reclaim Your Superpower. Your sensitivity is a gift. May 16th is a full moon. It is also an eclipse. It is the second eclipse in the current eclipse season that we're in. It's a very powerful time. I absolutely love Carrie's healing sessions. And so this is going to be a really great masterclass and healing. And again, it's free. So I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. If you want more of Carrie, I'll make sure that it is easy for you to connect with her. I know I plan on going to this event and taking advantage of this time and the world is crazy right now. So why not get some extra support as needed? All right. Without further ado, let's get into the interview with Carrie. I hope you enjoy today's show and do not be shy. You can reach out to me on social media at Leanne Kalal and or at the Glojo and let me know what really stood out to you and what were some of your big takeaways from today's conversation. All right. Enjoy. Hello, Carrie, and welcome to the Glojo podcast. It is so amazing to have you here. Leanne, I'm so happy to be here. And I love your podcast and thank you for everything you do in the world. Aw, thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And you've definitely been a supporter from day one. And I know that we've talked about doing a podcast interview together at some point in time. And now the time has come and I honestly think this is so divine. I think it's like personally divine for me (laughs) (laughs) and what's going on, but then also what's going on in the world. Um, And I know that you have some really exciting things coming up and I'm so excited to have this conversation and dive deep. And so for everyone listening, Carrie, like I said earlier, Carrie has been a dear friend and mentor of mine for years. I have learned so much from this woman. She is a wealth of information from numerology to astrology, to intuition, to what it means to be an empath and how the heck to navigate the world, be true to ourselves and take care of ourselves. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about I'd say the ins and outs of being an empath, being a highly sensitive person and everything that comes with it. I will say really quick before, before the interview officially begins, I'm wearing a shirt today and the shirt said, I said to Carrie before we started, I'm like, you know, this looks like I may have intentionally matched the shirt to my headphones, but I didn't. (laughs) I wore this shirt because it says bullshit on it and Mm. I'm feeling spicy and feisty and there's been so much going on this week. And I really think that there's a lot of common misperceptions and misunderstandings about empaths. And so I'm really excited to call bullshit on a lot of what mm-hmm. people think and you know re-educate ourselves and and if you're listening to this if you don't know you're an empath but you're at the glojo I'm guessing you are an empath <laughs> <laughs> um, I think birds of a feather definitely flock together and yeah. that includes online and so yeah Carrie I'd love to turn it over to you and start the conversation what are empaths? What does that mean? And why is that different than empathy? Or how is that different from empathy and being empathetic? Oh, yeah, thanks. And it's, again, wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. And you're welcome. (laughs) I do think it's important. Being an empath is a way of being. It means you are hardwired a certain way 
that is not as common as most people because only a smaller percent of the population are hardwired energetically as empaths. And having empathy is when you have a way of relating to someone in a way where you can understand what they're experiencing. If you are an empath, it means that you actually can feel what they're feeling. And there's different types of empaths. Sometimes you can think what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. It's a telepathic empath. Yeah. Most typically, it's a body thing where you can walk into a room and feel the conversations or the energies or the arguments that just happened there where you have an energy that's very open and finely tuned so that you perceive more energetically from the people and the environment around you. So like, for instance, if you have thick hair versus fine hair, like fine hair is more porous and if you're going to like, let's notice. say you're going to like dye fine hair, you're going to put something in it. It like has, it like soaks it up more. Right. But like, so an empath's energy field is a little bit more, has a little more feelers on the end of it. And it could be more porous feeling in that way. It doesn't mean you don't have healthy boundaries. And I do want to talk about that because you don't need to walk around being a sponge, but you're more built like a sponge <laughs> than other people because um, so we're not, we're not people that can necessarily have things roll off our back because we're picking up more information. We're processing more information and the empath's brain is actually different. There's something called um, mirror neurons that actually mirror what's happening with other people. And empaths have the stronger mirror neuron networks. So we actually mirror what's happening with other people more acutely. We're literally built differently, energetically. Even our brains. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I did not know that about the about the brains and the mirror neurons. That is extremely, I love that. And I love being able to bring in some science because I feel like (laughs) people that lands and it it can be easier to start to process. Um, I know for me being an empath, there's this knowing and Mm -hmm. I love how you said there are different types of empaths. And so Mm -hmm. I know you said there's the telepathic, like you can almost read people's minds or know Mm -hmm. what they're thinking. There's Mm -hmm. the kinesthetic. I know Mm -hmm. I'm kind of both of those. I've Mm -hmm. always, I haven't always been kinesthetic. Um, well, maybe I have been, but it's just the awareness Mm -hmm. timeline, but mainly I've Mm -hmm. been kinesthetic. And then I'd say intuitive as well, where you, you just have this knowingness, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And then the telepathic, that's been one that's coming in more. I'm like, this feels really weird, but I think I can read this person's mind oh, or yeah, I know what absolutely. they're thinking and then they see it or, the, or then they say it. And it's like, it can be a little spooky. At times. <laughs> well, when we, when we think something, it goes through all of our chakras and then out into our energy field. And there's also 
there's magnetized energy in people's energy fields where if they think something a lot, it's really very much in their energy field. So when you have someone that's very sensitive to someone else's energy and they connect with someone, you're going to be picking up that information because you're fine tuned to other people's energy fields. And getting back to the brain thing, yeah, uh, people who are psychopaths have the opposite, right? They have no compassion. The part that has compassion is not firing in their brain. <laughs> wow. So we're like the opposite. <laughs> we feel it intensely or we see it intensely. There's also physical empaths where even if someone is far away and they're having, if you're connected to them, but especially if you're maybe don't know how to disconnect from them, then then you will feel their physical pain as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I want to share a quick little story and then I have a question about how you or when you discovered you were in an you were an empath because I have a really clear story that was like the light bulbs went on for me. Mm-hmm. Um this happened after I realized this, but I was home visiting my parents and I was in the basement. And then my mom who sleeps it would be two floors up. So she's two floors up from me. And I woke up in the morning and I had this sorest neck and stiff shoulders. And I just like all these weird, I'm like, that's weird. And I walked upstairs to the kitchen. She walked Mm -hmm. down and she said, oh, my neck and my shoulder are so sore. And I literally Mm -hmm. felt it. And so I think it's been a really confusing and overwhelming experience for me being not only like, because I think I feel not, I think I feel the emotions of people, but then Mm -hmm. feeling the physical, what they Mm -hmm. feel in their body, um, Mm -hmm. feeling that in my body has been something that's been a challenge. It's been Mm -hmm. a journey. It's been, and Mm -hmm. it's been confusing for sure. Yeah. 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 And I want to make it clear that these are gifts that we have to be so finely tuned and connected and we can learn to manage them so it doesn't affect us in this way and where we don't have to take on the pain of our loved ones, of the world, of the environment, where we're no longer absorbing energy that doesn't belong to us, yet you can still use it psychically to say, oh, wow, I'm picking up on this pain, so now I'm going to release it and let go of it in a healthy way and create healthy energetic boundaries so that we're we're no longer having to feel everything so intensely mm-hmm. where we can have more dominion over our own bodies and being so that we can separate the pain from the world and other people and still be tuned into it enough to know what's happening because it makes us very good healers and a depth of connection is available to us and also an emotional intelligence that you can't learn in a way. It's just the way we're built. (laughs) I totally agree with that. And I'm so happy that, um, I'm so happy that you said that. And I feel like you were reading my mind because I was like, I just shared how hard it was, but it's a gift. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't say it's a gift. And I remember when I first realized that I was an empath and I had this ability, everybody would say, but it's a gift. Like this is truly a gift. And it took me mm-hmm. a while to be able to 
um, really see it as a gift and start to sink into it. And I think it's been the journey of learning and understanding it and then self-care and boundaries. And so I would love to hear a little bit. I feel like we just dove right in, but I'm like, what about Carrie's story? How have you become so versed and so skilled and yeah, just like you, you know so much about this and you are truly such a powerful mentor and guide and wealth of information um, what has your journey been like? I'd love to just rewind it a little bit and and hear about this. I don't know if I know the Carrie Samuels origin story. <laughs> you probably don't. You, oh, I'm going to try to be super brief because, because in some ways I can't pinpoint one moment. It's been it has not been an easy journey. I will put it to you that way, which is one reason I'm passionate about helping other people because if. If you can help other people shortcut this stuff. So, and when I grew up, you know, before social media, cell phones kind of thing, it it was a different story too. Like it was, there wasn't a lot of information. I grew up in the Bronx in a very blue collar home in a very blue collar kind of tough (laughs) neighborhood. And I was a little fairy child. So I absorbed, um, I was always very different, okay, and very ethereal. And it wasn't until I was in my Saturn return, when I was about 28 years old, when I um, started getting psychic downloads. And I was always interested in psychic, and like always very tuned into guides and angels, but I just didn't realize it, but I was always into mystical things and past lives, the whole thing. Um, and so I was doing all these psychic readings as, um, not as a professional yet, but I obviously I was like practicing because I couldn't like ignoring my psychic ability was like trying not to sneeze. So I had to find an outlet for it. So I started doing tarot cards for people. But what happens is like, I would sometimes get really sick if I would be around um, not like people who either didn't like what I had to say and were like kind of sliming me with negative energy or if I was healing, you know, bringing up some healing and I was so tuned in to like what was going on in their past because I could read people's auras very acutely. And so like they would have a big release and then I would feel worse afterwards. Right. So because it's like, I didn't know how to manage my energy. So around this time I have very, I always have very um, psychic dreams that teach me and that I remember. So I was having very scary dreams horrible nightmares that my windows were open. I'd have these people coming in trying to harm me. And so I went to a new age bookstore. This is before Amazon. Like this is a while ago. <laughs> so I went to a new new age bookstore and I cut, I went around the bookstore and I asked my guides to show me what I needed. And I got a book on auras and aura healing. And what I realized was that the windows being open was that my energy was too open. And I 
anything was coming in. So I learned how to cleanse and balance my chakras and strengthen my energy and ground myself. And it was in this process through my psychic development and through doing readings eventually professionally and needing to protect myself energetically that I learned all of this. So I don't know when the aha moments happened. I just, I mean, I have very strong aha moments about knowing when I was psychic, (laughs) but um, I had a lot of experiences. I didn't train with anyone though, except my guides and my angels. Thankfully, I've always had a very strong connection with them and they taught me and they would always show me what I needed to help myself. So I learned that way. I didn't have a mentor in a physical body. <laughs> yes. Wow. I hope that's not too freaky for your people, no. but this is my no. story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. And I know the very first work of yours that I was introduced to was your the work that you do with angels. And I mm-hmm. was so taken taken with it um, mm-hmm. and just really, really drawn to it. Mm-hmm. So I do know, and personally, I know the power of being able to tune into, um, I know you, 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 like you speak about your guides and angels. And for me, I really reference my higher self and tuning into mm-hmm. like, what does mm-hmm. my spirit, what does my soul, soul want? Mm-hmm. But I still, I, I call on the angels. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So I love that you shared that. And, um, a couple of things were coming to mind when you were sharing that. And so what are some of the, well, actually, maybe I'll quickly share my, my like empath aha story first and how mm-hmm. it came up for me. And then I'd love to hear like, how else do people know they're an empath? And so to me, what I now understand is that being an empath is being finely tuned and highly tuned and highly aware Mm -hmm. of everything that's going on around me. And like you said earlier, it's like the sensory perception is different. Mm -hmm. How we are wired is truly different. How we navigate Mm -hmm. the world and operate in the world is different. And in so many ways, I feel like our world is not even saying I feel that's a very empath language. Very empath. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like the world is not wired this way. It's wired Mm -hmm. in this totally other way. And there's been times where I'm like, why don't I feel like I fit in? This is just so, it's just, it's, you know, and then also there are the gifts. There's the gifts. I don't want to just share all the difficulties I've had because it has been a gift in so many ways. But I remember I was coaching this woman And we were having a conversation and every time I would talk to her, it was similar. I would feel very unwell and Mm. I would feel really lethargic. And I had these Mm -hmm. physical symptoms that were repeating over and over and over again in these instances. And I didn't, it took me a while to put this together, but the one day we were having a conversation and she was telling me about this and I said, you know, it's okay to be mad. Mm. And she was like, what do you mean? I'm not mad. And I was so confused. I'm like, but what do you mean? You're very mad. Like you're extremely angry. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't speaking her truth. She wasn't connected. It's like she Mm -hmm. was disconnected from her feelings. And I felt to me, it was just so obvious. I'm like, you're angry. How do you not know you're angry? And then Mm -hmm. things started to unravel for her. And that's when I realized, 
oh my gosh, I actually know how people feel when they don't even know how they feel. That's right. And why do you, I'm like, are people, do people know that they're, they're disconnected and, and bullshitting themselves? <laughs> not all the time. I don't feel like that all the time, but it was one of those for me in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I see all these things that are just normal and obvious for me, but other people don't see it. And then that's when you start to realize that it can be this really powerful gift to have a different perception mm-hmm. and, and being tuned in in this way. And then it's been a lot of studying and learning and growth over the years to really start to take that in for those people listening. What are some of the signs that like, you know, it's like signs of being an empath? Mm-hmm. Thanks. And that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, you do feel things a lot. <laughs> but what you were saying, we talked about bullshit. One of the ways that is a telltale sign of empaths is they have a great bullshit detector. They absolutely know when someone is lying or telling the truth. Now, they're trained not to listen to that. We are trained away from our intuition. And we're trained to think that I'm just imagining things or or I shouldn't think that. But there is that part of you that knows. And then a lot of empaths actually do have ailments that are maybe psychosomatic in nature because if you're not um, harmonizing and balancing your energy and you're picking up a lot of energy from other people and you don't know how to manage it, like that can be in your body and your body doesn't know how to digest it or or manage it. Empaths tend to be the people that everybody wants to talk to about their life or their problems, and you'll typically listen. (laughs) And highly sensitive people, which aren't always the same as empaths, most empaths are highly sensitive people, but HSP, highly sensitive people, a lot of stimuli is overwhelming. So fluorescent lights or crowds or noises tend to be overstimulating because you're picking up more energy than other people through your energy field. So like too much of that stimuli. And in that context as well, small talk is incredibly draining. Oh God. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Because empaths are depth processors. That's part of our gift. Like we can take a piece of information and just really sift it through this incredible um, energy of ours and information network. And yet, so if someone's just like, like Charlie Brown's teacher, it can feel like you are being put to sleep. Like it is so hard to process someone's negative energy. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. say negative energy, but seriously, some people can, they don't realize it, but they're putting drains into you or hooks into you or, Mm -hmm. or dumping on you. And so we cannot handle that in a way that feels good. (laughs) And the thing is, there's no training your way around that. It's about learning how to avoid the energy vampires and the energy drains and the energy dumpers in our lives as a way of managing our energy. And because we're hardwired for deep, meaningful connections. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, the small talk thing that's new to me and it totally resonates. There's certain mm-hmm. situations where I'm like, wow, I would rather be sleeping or I might, or I think <laughs> I might go to sleep. And so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's so interesting that you say that. And I know you just, you just said a word energy. There's so much I want to talk to you about. And so I will just presence like, okay, I want to talk about energy vampires because you just talked about that. But then I want to talk about all of the amazing gifts of being an empath and how mm-hmm. we can take care of ourselves and start to step into those. The term energy vampire, this is a term that I would have learned. Oh gosh, I don't know. Maybe seven or eight years ago, or maybe Mm -hmm. five or six years ago, but it's been Mm -hmm. within the last decade for sure. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard the term, I was like, oh, that's so intense. And like, I felt the intensity of it. Um, Can you explain to our, like to all of everyone listening right now, what are energy and what are and are, what are energy? What are energy vampires? Okay, <laughs> or vampire energies? Explain. Why am I not? You, it's so hard for me to even say it, Carrie. It's like it's yeah. such a. But I think it's important for people to realize and be aware of how we feel around certain people, and this is something that's really true and up for me right now in my personal life. Oh yeah, it is. I know. All yeah, the things <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's true. You know, I just read an article today that was about um, friends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to answer your question, but I okay. have to digress because it's, it's relevant because it's relevant to empaths. Because when I read it, I was like, yeah, they they, they had an article about um, friends and how having friends that you have mixed feelings about is draining. Yeah. that is That is an energy vampire in your life. Anything that sucks the life force out of you whether intentionally or not. And there are certain people that don't know how to run the amazing life force energy that's available to us. They don't know how to be self-nurturing beings. Mm. And so they feel they need to get it from other people. And this in the energy field can be literally look like tentacles <laughs> and right. they, they could get their hooks in you. They're like, Oh wow. You have so much vibrancy. And, and here's the thing, energy vampires who feel that they need energy from other people for whatever reason, whether it's attention or literal energy, they see squishy, delicious, ooh, you're someone who will listen and feels uncomfortable saying, hey, I have to get to something else right now. Can I, let me like leave mm-hmm. this conversation. We as empaths tend to be like, sure, I would feel bad for not being here listening to all of your problems that are completely draining for me. So you have to understand energy vampires and empaths, like they're magnetically attracted to each other because it's one of our many, many, many spiritual lessons to learn how to have boundaries around people that our minds think we should feel bad for, but that is actually bad for us to be in. The, 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 the energy vampire that gets us the most is the victim energy vampire. Because there are some people who do not take responsibility for their own karmic patterns, their own challenges, 
and want other people to take care of them that love empaths. And we are magnetically attracted to them because it helps us feel good about ourselves to help people. So this is one of the many, 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 many <laughs> lessons it's of so, the empath. Do you know what's coming to mind? I'm like, there are so many, so many layers here. There are I know, so I feel many like layers. I can talk about, like, it's in spirals. There's like layers within yes. layers within layers. Yeah, there are for sure. And when you said that energy vampires and empaths are magnetically attracted to each other, the other thing that came to mind is the classic narcissist empath mm-hmm. relationship. Oh, and we so love each you, other. <laughs> yeah. Can you speak to that for a moment? I'd love to hear. I know you've shared things with me before, and I feel like I've even yeah. learned that there's different types of narcissists, yeah. but I would love, this is something that I'm really personally interested in. And I'd love to hear a little more about this because I think it impacts so many people without even knowing it. It does. And I would like to say, I'm I'm very empathic and my husband is very empathic and we're super happily married and you know empaths do not need to be um it doesn't it's this isn't like a fateful thing this isn't a forever thing so I want to preface everything I'm saying that eventually when you learn to have healthy boundaries around energy vampires or the victim archetype whatever that is when you learn to honor yourself, you do not need to engage in these uh, dynamics. So can we just preface by saying that? <laughs> Let's lock that in. Lock Thank that you. in. I know we are going to get there. I know I dove right into all of the probably, oh gosh, there's just like, there's a lot going on yeah. like in my life and in people that I love in their yeah. life. And I'm just like highly charged today. Um, so thank you for prefacing that. And I'm so, yeah. I am really excited to dive into like all of the ooey gooey magical goodness of what it means to be an empath and, um, and how we can start to live that life. But first narcissists. <laughs> and you know, it's important to, to see what the challenges are first, because that is actually the life journey of anybody. Like you have challenges in your life that you're meant to overcome. And in, and in overcoming those challenges, they become your superpowers, right? So empath, yeah, it's part of our soul contract is you, you come in and we have these, um, we tend to be hyper vigilant or hyper giving or over giving. And a lot of that comes from, abandoning ourselves and and not being grounded and, and and feeling our way to trying to be loved. There's a lot going on underneath that. But we we have this this path where we tend to abandon our bodies, uproot ourselves and go into our minds and overthink things and not trust ourselves. And then we have this journey back into being embodied, grounding our energy reclaiming our empath and our empathic gifts through honoring our intuition, trusting our feelings, trusting our gut. However, we go through a journey because everybody in life goes through a journey of, of what they're being challenged for overcoming it and then coming out as your superpowers. This happens to be one of our things, right? So a narcissist is a wonderful soul lesson for an empath (laughs) because 
the empath tends to want to, before they're, they empower themselves with their own autonomy and their own feeling confident and comfortable in themselves and drawing healthy boundaries, we tend to need to be needed and using our empathic gifts of like, I know exactly what you want and I'm going to give it to you. And I am so good at knowing what you need. And so a great soul lesson for someone who needs to learn how to turn that energy into themselves is by connecting with someone who makes it all about themselves too. So you're both in love with that person. You're both doing everything. But that narcissist is helping you realize that, hey, I need to look out for myself here. I can't just keep giving and giving and giving and giving and doing this and knowing what they need, but they don't know what I need. That's our lesson in learning that we're number one here. And, you know, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy type of thing. We have to take care of ourselves. And what better teacher than someone who actually pretends they care about you and actually doesn't, but you're both, you know, doing something to make that other person happy. So that's part of why the empath connects with the narcissist. So they're teaching you how to make yourself a priority. Yeah. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful lesson to learn. And when you were talking, what was coming to mind on my, my personal empath journey. And I feel like there's, it is a journey. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I, I think that I'm doing a really great job of tuning in, using my gifts and being intentional, and then other times fall into the old habits and patterns. And it's like, all right, it's time to relearn here. But one of the biggest things for me in this journey has really been about learning to honor my needs Mm -hmm. and my emotions and my feelings Mm -hmm. and not make myself wrong for them, Mm -hmm. not make myself... um, you know, so many times I've been like, am I crazy? Like I second guess myself and you mm-hmm. use that word. And I have second guessed myself and my, my intuition or my perception of things so many times mm-hmm. choosing to give the benefit of the doubt to someone else or choosing to trust or choosing to, you know, maybe abandon actually my truth. And then also mm-hmm. with just taking care of myself, like, you know, it's been a, a very big, I've had a lot of physical, it's like illnesses and weird things that have gone on in my body over the years. And I truly believe it's because I was not paying attention to my needs and I was Mm -hmm. doing what was fun and what I thought I should do or, you know, and some of it, it really is tempting, but it just Mm -hmm. wasn't actually true for me. It was true for other people. And Mm -hmm. so I've had to learn some really hard lessons in those ways and, it, it it really is a journey. It's been a journey in learning to trust myself and trust my intuition and and what I perceive, even if nobody around me sees it or gets it. I get it. You get it. I know. That's why we're <laughs> friends. That's right. And thank you also for being mine. So it's it's interesting because the the root chakra is what grounds us in our body and the grounding cord that connects us to the earth. And it's, it's, it's the one that's our most primal beginning energy center. When we're born, it connects us to a tribe, a sense of belonging and being 
safe that way. And because you think about it, like there's not that many people that are hardwired this way. And so we will look around and think, oh, well, safety means having a lot of friends and and whatever Instagram is showing us is a good life. And, you know, because that, that, that actually seems like that's what the group is telling us to do. And so that's what I should do. And then we get in these experiences and it feels overwhelming and draining, 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 (laughs) so draining, so, so draining. But, but when we look outside and what the collective is doing, we're like, but that's what life should be. So it's, it's so much discipline to learn. Wow. I actually like my own company. I, I like being in nature. I like a certain amount of solitude. And that's not wrong. And I like a fewer amount of really good friends rather than a group of drama friends or superficial friends that don't get me. Mm-hmm. So it takes a while to understand that You know, I read somewhere when I was reading some psychologist or something, and she said, the the, being different is your original wound, right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's because it is because it gives you a feeling that you're not going to be safe if you're not like everybody else. And we learn this at a very young age. And so instead of being in our bodies and being in our feeling centers and being in our intuitive centers, we leave our bodies and try to see, well, what's everybody else doing? And maybe that will give me a feeling of safety. And it it's actually the opposite because then you're not grounded. You're not rooted. You're not in your body. You're not connected to your feeling center. You're not picking up on all this amazing intuitive information that your energy field is sharing with you. Yeah. So it's the opposite. But it in our mind, in our culture, and how we're conditioned, it seems like it's going to be the greatest thing ever by like being like them because that's what they're doing and it's good for them. So it's got to be good for me. So it takes a while and it takes a lot of discipline because we live in a FOMO society. Mm-hmm. And for an that's empath for sure. to do things like what everybody else is doing, it feels so wrong. It's not yeah. to say you can't be an extroverted and I'm we're ambiverts. I remember you saying your first thing, oh, totally. thing was an ambi I mean, I I I love people and um socializing and um but not in the same way as a lot of people though. <laughs> yeah, people. it's inter- it's interesting. I'd say for me personally, like I said, like it's been a journey. There's the ups and downs. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I have this nailed and then it's like, haha, jokes on you. <laughs> You'll never. I mean, it's a life I, journey. <laughs> it is. It is. And I'm grateful to be on it. But over the last couple of years with, um, you know, COVID and just everything that's gone on and living a more isolated life mm-hmm. to begin with, I reveled in it. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. loved it. It was yeah. like, I was just wrapped in this cocoon of, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is so refreshing. This is mm-hmm. so nice. I felt great. And I know a lot of people, they're like, wow, like you've done pretty good throughout, throughout mm-hmm. it, like for the most mm-hmm. part. And I've had challenges along the way. Um, but I feel like I really did. And I think Mm -hmm. what I realized is that as much as I had worked on my boundaries, as much Mm -hmm. as I had gotten better at saying Mm -hmm. no, I was still saying yes. 
mm-hmm. to so many things mm-hmm. that weren't actually aligned with me, mm-hmm. that drained me, mm-hmm. that that weren't supporting me in so many ways. And so I loved it because it was this built-in boundary and I had the easiest excuse to say no. And, you know, people listening might be like, oh, that's taking the short, like, you know, kind of the easy way out. But it was, it was really nice to have that experience because it started to really, yeah, it basically it opened my eyes. Like, oh my gosh, you're still doing so many things that aren't aligned or true for you, but you're doing them because they're aligned and true for other people. And you don't want to miss out. Like you said, the FOMO and Mm -hmm. I experienced intense JOMO, like being able to stay at home. And like, I love my company and I'm pretty happy. With the joy of missing out. Yeah. So why would you think that's the easy way out? I'm curious. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, when I said that, I was like, why did I? Yeah, why I did guess, you say that? It's, well, <laughs> it struck me yeah, too. Yeah, so here's the thing, because I remember at one point over the last couple of years, then everyone, they're like, oh, people are just flaking out. And if they change their mind, they just blame it on COVID. Hmm. And I'm like, you know, for me, that that wasn't how it was. It was more this thing that came in that made it I didn't, I didn't feel like I had to feel bad for saying no to something. Mm -hmm. It was just, it's more socially acceptable to say no and put yourself first and your, your needs and what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And then as I say that, I'm like, how crazy is it that I never felt that before? That I felt Mm -hmm. pressure, that I felt like I would be judged if I, Mm -hmm. if I said no to things and like, what would that mean about me? What about my career? What about, my business, how it, you know, like social groups. And so, yeah, it's been a big, there's been many, many layers. And then of course there have been the times where I'm like, I miss people. (laughs) I want to socialize. I want like, there's, that's all been extremely true for me, but specifically right to begin with, I was just Mm -hmm. reveling. It was the best. And it made me realize how drained I was around a lot of people in my life. Yeah. I think there were a lot of gifts that came out of having to put boundaries are and on. And before that year, when I did my forecast for 2020, I said, this is the year we have to learn how to live within some really intense boundaries. Um, because it was all over the numerology and the astrology of the year. And, and what happens with boundaries is that they're liberating. They really are. And It's so funny because I used to think boundaries were difficult and that it would actually, if I had boundaries, I would experience less. It's almost like Mm -hmm. it's been similar to my, um, you're five, you're like lots of Virgo, so you don't get this. (laughs) But for me, structure has been like structure and routine is like, no, that's going to inhibit my freedom and I'm going to feel trapped, but it actually sets you free. And you're right about boundaries. And so that was one of the questions and one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today I think we've shared a lot and I've shared a lot personally about my empath, my, my struggles as an empath. I feel like you're much farther along on your journey and like much more embodied on your journey mm-hmm. boundaries. Let's talk about it. Cause that is part of becoming what I'd say an embodied, healthy, extraordinary empath, right? That's correct. Yes, absolutely. Boundaries are liberation. You know, it's funny because everyone's like with the weighted blankets now. And, you know, if you have a dog that's really anxious, you give them a weighted blanket, that weighted vest, because they like that feeling of being contained. I have one and I have a weighted eye mask too. (laughs) See, there you go. Oh, I took it to the next level. (laughs) 
I have the heaviest of everything you can find. And well, it is you're the a- most it's secure feeling ever. I love it. Yeah, you're a Pisces and Pisces, uh, mutable water, no natural boundaries. Um, so that feeling of safety in having a weighted blanket. And, you know, you put a dog in a crate if they're freaking out about like what's going on outside. They like to know their limitations. Okay. So like boundaries are safety. Boundaries are freedom. Boundaries are liberation. So for an empath, the boundaries are twofold. They're energetic and they're Mm -hmm. emotional and physical as well. Energetically, being in your body, grounding your body, and strengthening your aura. Mm. Cleansing your aura. Because that's like, you know, your energy doesn't belong here. Your energy doesn't belong in my energy field. So there's that energetic component. And then there's the actions in your life. Right. Are you hanging around people that don't make you feel good about yourself? Are you doing things out of guilt and obligation? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I think so many people, I immediately thought of Brene Brown's work <laughs> there. It's like, yeah, that's when I really, my eyes were open when I read her one book. I was like, wow. Oh Which gosh, book? I haven't honest. actually read any of her books and I want to figure out the the one to read first. Ooh, well, Which- I, the very first book I read of hers was The Gifts of Imperfection. And it's uh-huh. just a tiny book but powerful and such an easy read. And I honestly, if I were to pull it out, probably most of the words would be highlighted or, or underlined or starred in some way. So that one really, really resonated with me for sure. Thank you. I will do that. I will read that. And hopefully (laughs) people listening will do that too. So, um, so ask yourself, am I making a decision out of guilt or fear of judgment? Fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear that, even fear that you're going to hurt someone else if you don't do something. Yeah. I feel All these that. ways of denying yourself or stretching yourself that aren't good for you. So practice before you make a decision, say, you know what? Let, let me wait. Can I get back to you before reflexively saying yes or whatever? Let me get back to you about this. Take some time. Imagine yourself doing that and see how your body feels. Does it feel better? Do you feel tight? Do you feel drained? Do you feel dread? We do this to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the tricky thing. So this has been, <laughs> and this is where, so, and this is what I realized. And I, I share this so that if there's other empaths listening who have had the same experience, you can start to like sort of notice your own patterns. For me in the moment, I'll get so excited about something. And mm-hmm. in that moment, I'll be like, yes, of course I want to do this. <laughs> or of course. And do you know what I've realized? What? I think that many, many times, well, and I, 
I will say, then I have the moments where it's like, I feel excitement, but I also feel like a pit in my stomach where I feel like a contraction somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's very confusing. I'm like, how am I excited and contracted at the same time? And what I realize is that those times when I'm super excited in the moment, whether it's with a friend, family, talking to somebody about a potential business idea or project, it's their excitement that I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And me realizing like if somebody's I don't want to say trying to sell you on something, but if you're talking to someone and they're really excited about it mm-hmm. and they're like saying, saying like, hey, come along for this journey. Mm-hmm. I used to be like, yeah, I love it. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, no, I was excited for their journey. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's not my journey. I was excited mm-hmm. for theirs, not mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of myself because I was invited to go on this adventure recently that would be really exciting in a lot of ways. And I felt the excitement and I felt immediate contraction and kind of sick Mm -hmm. in my stomach to my Mm -hmm. body. And I said, you know, that's really exciting. Let me think about it and get back to you. And so, and then I got back to them and said, sorry, doesn't work. And so, yay, like I actually did. I listened to myself, but that's been my new go-to. Even if I think it's a yes, I say, Uh, like, I'm really awesome. Thanks for sharing. I'm really excited about this, but let me think about it first. And that's been a lifesaver. Like now there's no other option for me. It's always let me think about it and get back to you. I love that. Yeah. And what you. you probably do is not just think about it. You feel into it. I do for sure. Yeah. You say, let me think about it. And then you ask your body, how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah. And it, like my body really speaks to me. And so mm-hmm. this is something, cause again, like I realized that this might be a totally new topic in conversation for people. And we've been talking for a while now, but I still just want to get this in mm-hmm. what you've, you've used the terminology leaving our bodies or leaving your body. A couple of times. Okay. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Because I know to begin with, I was like, okay, like I kind of like that makes sense. I kind of get it, but I don't fully get it. And so for people who are new to this and they're just starting to understand like, Hey, I might be an empath here. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your take on that. Oh, thanks. You know, I really appreciate you having us break that down because I know when I do it right. And then, (laughs) Um, it's important for people to know this because we're trained to think about things. Mm -hmm. And just trained by society, like trained by society, trained by our parents. It's not like we, yeah, but we're trained. It's true. It's like a very head heavy society. Mm -hmm. The logical mind. So we're trained to overthink things too. our logical mind, which isn't actually picking up on all the information. So your root chakra connects you to your body and the earth and that sense of security connected to society, other people, your chakra above that, your sacral chakra connects you to your emotions and your feelings. Mm -hmm. And then your third chakra is connected to your sense of empowerment, your confidence. So what happens is when we aren't feeling safe and when we feel different, this is how being different is a wound. 
our root chakra is not really grounded or connected. We're not fully like our spirit isn't actually fully anchored in our body because our root chakra, it's kind of like having a tree with little tiny, tiny little roots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can imagine not anchored to the earth, to your body, to your purpose. And so to feel safe, we bring our consciousness outside of ourselves to see what's happening. What's going on here? How are you feeling about me? How are you thinking about me? Okay. Um, well, if I do this, then you're going to do that. You're like feeling out like everybody's reaction instead of actually being present and centered in yourself, in your body, and really connected to those very essential energetic centers in your body. Whereas where the empaths have more power, which is tend to what we disconnect from the most. Interesting. And so what we'll do is our energy is picking up all this information and it's running through our bodies. It's running through our chakras and our brain says, oh, okay, that's right. So that's where you get the pit in your stomach. The pit in your stomach's like, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't good for you. Mm -hmm. But your brain is like thinking, oh, that's going to be exciting. But your body's giving you information. Yeah. And so most of us abandon and neglect that part of our body that is talking to us, which is why a lot of us get psychosomatic ailments. Because our bodies are picking up an information that we're rejecting and your body speaks your mind and is trying to tell you things. (laughs) Yeah. So we just think about things like and overthink about things. And then all this information is coming from our bodies and we're ignoring it. Yeah. And we think our mind is going to tell us the answer. And we think that by feeling into our environment and seeing what they think about things or how they're going to react to us is going to give us the answer. When in reality, we need to go, okay, let me ask what I feel about this. Yeah. It's a huge difference. And we're taught to ignore it. Even our language, like if you say to someone, let me, let me feel into it and get back to you. Most of us feel we need to apologize for even phrasing something like that. Mm-hmm. Like and we're I'm weird. A- Yeah. And I'm, do you know where my mind went there? I'm like, I'm a feeler for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. But I always say, let me think about that and get back Mm -hmm. to you. So it's so interesting that I've even just the language I use is the acceptable Mm -hmm. language, but really it's like, I, I do definitely go into cycles of overthinking, but I've learned to tune in and, and, Mm -hmm. and use like gather, make decisions using a lot of different, um, I I guess like resources, you could say like, Mm -hmm. does this feel good in my body? Mm -hmm. Does this align with my values? Mm -hmm. Does this truly excite, you know, just going through all the different layers and then there's some logic in there still too. But yeah, interesting. I never thought that, yeah, like you never hear people, let me feel into that and get back to you. (laughs) No, we're trained not to. Thank you for sharing and breaking it down the way you did, because I know, and I feel like you've heard me do this so many times over the years and I've, I've, you know, 
caught myself in this cycle and, and talked to other empathic friends, overthinking things, obsessive thoughts going mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it shows up as, as feeling very, very scattered mm-hmm. and almost like I have an anxious feeling in my body where mm-hmm. my mind is racing so fast, mm-hmm. but I can't even quite put words to what's going on in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of feel like I'm floating and I'm all over the place for me if I feel like I'm thinking about something, but I can't even identify my thoughts and I feel scattered and mm-hmm. like I've been put in a blender and yeah. spun around <laughs> like a Vitamix, we're talking about the <laughs> Supreme Word Ninja. I know that I've left my body. That's correct. And okay. I, I forget the psychological <laughs> term for that. It's like, it's like a freeze response, whatever. There's some kind of psychological oh, term. There's but- fight, fight, flight, fawn. And so fawn is the freezing, but then uh-huh. I think there's something else there too. Yeah. <laughs> <think> about it. <laughs> but the energetic term for it, I talk about it, leaving your body. And, yeah. and some people literally like can hover above their body. And some people, you know, that feeling of being beside yourself, like there's different ways our spirits right. like leaves our body. Sometimes you can actually leave your body uh, that's how sometimes people in accidents don't feel things. Their spirit's like, oh, I'm out of here. Okay, now I'm back. You know, like, yeah. because they're like, I don't want to feel this. But we do this in a variety of different ways. And most of us aren't grounded and feeling into things. Most of us aren't grounded at all and so do you have a, inha- inhabiting our lower do you have yeah? tips. Do you have a tip or something you can share on how we can get grounded? I actually have a grounded meditation that's free that people can use. Um, I I love it. (laughs) And breathing is always a good way to ground because it takes your, you focusing on your breath. This is why most meditations focus on the breath. Mm. The physical sensations of breathing. You can't be overthinking if you're, focusing on the physical sensations of breathing. That's true. So there's that. And throughout the day, I remind myself to feel my feet on the floor, on the ground, on the earth. And then I actually imagine roots that grow down, 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 down deep into the earth, spread out wide and anchored into the earth. It's a daily practice. Yeah. That's even, it's funny. I felt like I was a telepathic empath there before you said the like grounding into the earth and feeling my feet when you walked. Literally, I thought it and then you said it. So that's fun. (laughs) Um, And that's something that you've really um, helped me realize over the years is that it is very important to be grounded and to be rooted into my body. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I would love to say it's a daily practice of mine. It's not, it should be. I go through yeah. phases where I'm really great at doing it. And then other times I, I'm just like, whoopsies, my, that was a selenite crystal that just fell. <laughs> um, but I go through phases where I'm really great at doing it. And I've, I've used your grounding meditation before and listened to it before and, and some other resources. And then I go through phases where I'm like, yeah, no, I don't like, I just feel good and I'm going about, I don't need it. And then all of a sudden it hits me. It's like, oh yeah, this is a, a really good self-care tip. What other self-care tips? So we've talked about boundaries. We've talked about grounding. 
what else? And I know that you have a masterclass coming up where you're going to go in depth on all of this. And so I'll make sure that I link to it and I'd love to hear all about it so people know and they can continue learning from you. But what are some of the other essential like empath survival guide, (laughs) empath survival tools, especially in this time that we're living through right now? Well, I call myself a happiness coach and way back when I first decided to use that term, I had to really distill what happiness means. And I always come back to the same thing. The key to happiness is to be yourself. So whether you're an empath, no matter what, how you're hardwired, the key to happiness is to be yourself. So it's important instead of looking around social media and thinking that's what you should be doing with your life or how you should be behaving. Why don't you talk to your body and ask your body how your body wants to be and what you want to do and behave and express yourself in your unique way. If you want to say, let me see how I feel about that. Let me feel into it. If you want to do something or not do something, honor that. If you have a creative way that you want to express yourself, honor that. I feel like the biggest challenge because we are hardwired differently is to try to be liked by people who aren't like us and who we don't necessarily like. Mm -hmm. And we try to be like them. Just be yourself. I'm making a heart right now with my fingers and it's on my chest. <laughs> that's, that's so beautiful. And I love it. I always, cause I've watched so many of your videos. It's like, hi, I'm Carrie Samuels. I'm an intuitive guide and happiness coach. And it's just always, I love it. And it's always stuck with me. I'm like, you are a happiness coach and you are this be- like incredible guide and, and mentor. And I just love that. It's like, we're here, our soul's are here to be us. Mm-hmm. We're not here to be someone else. And happiness is subjective. It's different mm-hmm. for everyone. And mm-hmm. I think that so often society, and like you've you've referenced a couple of times, social media paints happiness a certain way, paints success, paints fulfillment, paints mm-hmm. all of these different things in like a really in, in a certain box. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is what happiness means. And I think mm-hmm. it's bullshit. It <laughs> you know, bullshit. go, it's bullshit. Going back to the shirt. It's like, <laughs> and I know theme. it's like, there's something there where it's like, wait a minute, what makes me happy is different than what makes you happy, mm-hmm. vice versa. And all everyone around us is like, what if we actually, and this is me speaking to myself right now, but it's like, what mm-hmm. if we actually spent less time worrying about what everybody else was doing and more time focused on what we're doing with our life and how we're taking care of ourselves and fulfilling ourselves and making ourselves happy. That's the kind of world I want to live in. And that's the kind of life that I want to live. Like fuck mm-hmm. all that other stuff. You exactly. Know? And we are depth processors. So simplicity is better like mm-hmm. for us in a lot of ways, instead of having more stuff to deal with, it's like figure out how to simplify your life so you can have some expansiveness in being yourself. Yeah. 
And so I feel like this is something that usually I would have asked to begin with, but it's a journey and I trust all the information is coming out in the way it's supposed to. Absolutely. What are all of the amazing gifts and benefits of being an empath? I know we've sprinkled them in along the way, but I would love to hear your take on this because yeah, I just, I love your perspective. Thank you. This is so, so fun to talk about. So there's so many gifts. So crystal clear intuitive clarity, absolute certainty about your decisions, confidence that you are guided, divinely guided in every step. (laughs) Yeah. Incredibly deep, rich, nourishing relationships that are mutually fulfilling. And then there's your calling because empaths are natural healers. Whether you're healing through communication, like you're doing right now, mm-hmm. knowing right the right questions to ask, knowing like you're doing right before where you're like, I just like, you know how you were doing right before you like, there was still something unclear about what that meant about not being in your body. There's a sense like an empath can just know there's more there. It's mm-hmm. not just like, I'm going to ask this question. You felt there was more there that needed That's to be true. done. That is true. That's an empath gift. You were feeling mm-hmm. into this conversation and knowing there was a truth there beneath the surface that needed to be uncovered. You know, when you see these, like, they're bringing in dogs now that can like sniff out bed bugs or bombs or COVID or whatever. And you're like, how do they do that? Because they have all these like senses in their no- That's us on yeah. the emotional realm. Yeah. Like, we're like, how do you do that? How do you know what's going on under there? How did you know that person was lying? My husband's so empathic. He knows someone's not right for me or just whatever when I'm just talking about them. He can sense in me even things I haven't digested yet information about. He can he can pick up on it with his little spidey senses. So we can feel so much beneath the surface that the gifts are immeasurable, really. So much healing for ourselves and others and the world. It's it's immense. So I hope that gives yeah. you a glimpse. <laughs> yeah, thank the you. The many gifts of an empath, being an empath. And so yeah, thank you so much. And that's like as you were listening, I'm like, oh yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm I'm I am proud to be an empath. And I will say that hasn't always been the case. I feel like I've probably been the poor me empath. The like, mm-hmm. why is this like the angry empath? A few things, but it's like, no, it's it's a really beautiful gift. So this is more of a personal question. Feel free to ask or feel free to answer or not. What is it like being married to an empath? Like you two are two highly empathic, intuitive beings. Yeah. Do you just know every single thing about each other? Can you hide? Not saying that we want to always hide, but like. Like, I just feel like it would be full exposure. Like there's no, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. What is that like? Just being so seen by someone and like they see things that you don't and vice versa. And how do you navigate that? You know, it's really beautiful actually. So thank you for asking. Nobody's ever asked me that and I love it. So thank you. It (laughs) is amazing because I have the most amazing feeling of safety Mm -hmm. because I can be myself, which is the greatest gift you ever want for from a partner. 
-hmm. And the fact that he knows me, every little nuance is incredible. It is incredible to be seen and recognized for who I am and adored that way. It's just, I mean, I feel so lucky about that. So that is the beauty part of it. You know, the, 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 the blessings far outweigh the challenges, but there are challenges, um, in the sense that, um, we would, we're so finely tuned to what the other person is, is uh, thinking. And we both had a lot of childhood trauma, which sometimes goes hand in hand with like the empath journey. So that like, if I'm upset about something or he's upset about something, we had to really train ourselves not to take it personally or think it's about us or like, you know, it took, it would took a while to yeah. figure that out. Um, but it only made me a better person, right? Like to, to like learn how to not take things personally. And that's one thing we had to learn how to not take personally. Um, what was the other? So he was the one who originally brought home the book by Elaine Aaron's about the highly sensitive person. And it, it helped our relationship so much because we realized that when we were overstimulated, we would fight. Mm-hmm. Like if we came back from like, we had to open up a bank account and there was all this noise and lights and the people and like, we were just so drained and we'd come home. And we're, so we have like, we have figured out ways where we know what it's like to be this highly sensitive that we would give each other, like if we start to like get agitated, we would know to like go to your room. <laughs> so it's like, it's very much... Um, I love it because I feel we, uh, we get it. Do you know, like we get each other. Totally. You don't have to explain what it's like. Again, like everything, it has its challenges, but the gifts far away outweigh the challenges. Yeah. Thanks for asking. That's so cool. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing. I was just thinking, I'm like, wow, I wonder what it would be like to, to be with a super empathic person because yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's like, there's no, it would feel really beautiful to just feel seen and understood. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, something it's like, if somebody can understand me, mm-hmm. which has rarely happened, mm-hmm. but if totally. they, if they, totally. if there's that deeper sense, I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, this is the <laughs> best feeling ever. Oh my gosh. How is this? It's a really magical experience, um, being seen and understood on that level. And, it's interesting because I read a book. Um, it was the Judith Orloff empath book. Maybe it was the empath survival guide. Mm-hmm. And she talks about relationships in it and how they can be more challenging. And, you know, I do, again, I don't want to focus on all the challenges, but I think for me in, in reading about these things, it makes me honor my needs more and my sensitivities more in all these different ways. And even when you said lights, like going like to the bank with loud lights, there's this one grocery store. I cannot go in it because of the lighting. Mm-hmm. It's just too much for me. And I shared that with someone and they were like, are you serious? You're so high maintenance, like you're a diva. And yeah. I was so offended. I'm like, this isn't about my preference of, of wanting to go to a, like, no, this isn't, this is actually a need of mine. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't feel good when I go in there. It's too intense. It's too much. 
And that can be this, like in some ways I feel vulnerable sharing that and like, you know, cause I was judged for it, but it's mm-hmm. my experience. I'm sensitive to these things and I've learned that certain places make me feel better. And so I choose to go there versus going to a place that triggers all of my, you know, it's like, I'm just on way. It's like my vigilance center is on overdrive in there and it's exhausting. It's like my RPMs. If you're in a car, it's like my RPMs are like way high when they don't need to be. They should only be like just up a little bit. They, the whole meter <laughs> doesn't need to be going, but the whole meter will go when I'm in certain situations and I've judged myself for it. And now it's like, no, screw you for judging me about not wanting to go to a store because I just know it doesn't make me feel good. I'm so with you. And, and the thing is, the more that you aren't embarrassed about who you are, Mm -hmm. you can find those people who will accept you for who you are. Accept and and also not just like accept, but like truly accept and like not kind of accept and make fun of it Mm -hmm. or accept it in joking way. Because I feel like I have people in my life who accept it, but it'll be like, oh, that's just Leanne. But it's said in almost like a condescending way. And I'm, I'm, I'm not okay with that anymore. Like I'm not at first. I'm like, Oh yeah, they accept me and my quirks and differences. But it's like, but, but do they? Because it's like acceptance with a tinge of like, ha ha ha. And that's not okay either. Completely. It's the subtext is you're so weird. You're such a freak of nature, but we love you anyway. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's not acceptable. Yeah. So one other point about that, you were talking about what it's like, When you were like, oh, that's so great to be married to an empath. But see, that's how we are for other people. We're great to be like, who doesn't want someone who can just like know everything and like, we're great friends and partners and like, think of it that way. So I'm glad you asked that. So, so you can reflect that back on yourself. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I feel like this has been a very healing session. <laughs> I, I call it a session. Yay. It's an interview. <laughs> like, barely, <laughs> this has been a session. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to my therapy session with Carrie today. Uh, so yeah, now let's get on with the interview. No. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, and so, okay. We are in eclipse season because again, like your numerology, astrology, tarot, intuitive guide and happiness coach. Um, we're in eclipse season and it's a really powerful, transformational, fateful time right now. Um, and I know that you are planning a masterclass to help empaths and highly sensitive people navigate mm-hmm. the world. And I, I dare I say, take advantage of this really, really powerful time that we're in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear more about this, you know, like the eclipse season, this portal we're in and how, how we can and how people can continue to like connect with you and really take advantage of this powerful time and learn how to I don't want to say like catapult, but that's the word that's coming to mind. So I'll say it catapult into um, a, a new way of being that is really true for, for them and embodying their own happiness. Thanks, Leanne, because that's just what I want to help people learn a new yeah. way of being. Yes. So this <laughs> eclipse portal is eclipses always bring rapid transformation because they bring up 
things that have been eclipsed from our consciousness. So things that we've been hiding from ourselves, things that we've not been wanting to deal with, things that have been in our shadow, our gifts and our anger or what other emotions are coming up or intuitive insights. And so eclipses are always two weeks apart. So we just had a new moon eclipse on August, um, April 30th and May 16th is a full moon eclipse and full moons always amplify emotions and they bring things to light. And so that's why I want to have this healing experience during that powerful eclipse because eclipses amplify everything. And then there's an alignment between the sun, the moon, and the earth, which is, I feel like can, can create a powerful shift for all of us. And so this healing and masterclass is called Reclaim Your Superpower. Your sensitivity is a gift. I'm going to be sharing more about how we're hardwired differently and what you can do. And then I'm going to bring everybody through a healing to strengthen your aura, to ground your energy, and to call back your energy into your body so that you can reclaim your power energetically. Yay. Yes. I love (laughs) that. And it's so interesting, like the eclipse seasons, like it eclipses things from our consciousness. And then Mm -hmm. um, just the way you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's so powerful. And I love your healing, your healing sessions, your meditations. I've done so many of your classes before and they are truly so powerful. And so I know I will be tuning in. I will be there. And Yay. I'm so excited to, yeah, I'm so excited to share this with the Glojo community. And so I'll make sure to share a link. This mm-hmm. is free as well, everyone. Mm-hmm. This is free. Free, um, free. This is such an incredible opportunity to continue the conversation that we had today and mm-hmm. go deeper. And like you said, we're depth processors. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing this got the wheels turning maybe. And so this will be a, a great, a great place to go deeper and have the healing. It's a no brainer. It's a win-win. I, I can't wait to be there. May 16th. <laughs> that's, that's where I'll be. Thank and you. So and with- it is recorded. It is recorded okay, for people who can't make it live. Okay. That's perfect, Carrie. And then where can people go to sign up? So I'm pretty sure there's something right on my homepage of my website and carriesamuels.com, K-A-R-I-S-A-M-U-E-L-S.com forward slash empath dash healing. Perfect. And I'll make sure to link to that as well and your, um, and your homepage. And yeah, again, for those listening, make sure like she had Carrie, I just love your monthly updates. You know, this, your monthly <laughs> forecasts. And so Thank make you. sure that you sign up. So you're on her newsletter and you get all the goods because, um, I feel like it's very rare these days to receive emails that contain so much useful, helpful energy. Um, what energy? That's funny. I said that I meant information, but also energy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just, I'm just speaking in tune with my feelings now, but it's positive energies, but there's just so much. It's just so helpful and you share so much and thank you. Like, thank you for just sharing so, so generously. And I love your programs, everything. I'm just so so grateful to have you in my life for so many different reasons. And yeah, thank you for joining me here today. This was such an amazing conversation. 
Thank you, Leanne. And of course, you're so gifted at what you do. So thank you so much for having me. I'm, it was an honor and a joy. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And before we officially, before we officially call it a wrap, is there anything else you want to share? Love yourself, people. (laughs) I feel like we, we went through a lot. And, and when I say that, I really mean like truly love yourself, not just like, I love myself. You know, I'm going to take a bubble bath. Just like seriously speak your truth. You have a lot to share. Thank you so much. Those are wise, wise words. I love it. That could be on a mug or a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. All right. Well, have a wonderful day, Carrie. And thank you again. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. It was wonderful to have you here with us today. Bye for now.